You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Today's podcast is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports where payday can come every day when you enter their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is pretty simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before, as every moment means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. To date, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. And DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 61, as the expansion draft is looming and right around the corner, and all the NHL teams have put out their protected player list, and uh, you know, normally I would start out with, Andy, how are you doing? Um, but uh, Andy, I, I have a quick question for you. Where are you right now, currently? What's your location? I'm sitting down at uh, the desk that is in my uh, living room, talking to you. So is there, I'm a, is there a window? Is, it's I'm actually facing a window. So oh, a you're facing right a window. Okay. Well, I have a question for you because if you look on Twitter, you'd swear the sky is falling in in, in, Man- in Manhattan and Brooklyn, in the New York City area. Is the sky falling? Uh, it doesn't appear to be. I don't. I was just walking my dog. I didn't get hit by any uh, pieces of debris or anything so i I think uh, the sky is pretty much intact from what i can tell okay because i was a little bit worried because if you look on twitter and you go by some of the tweets you would swear the sky was falling because colin blackwell was not protected so uh, i guess i'll start off with andy how are you doing now that i know the sky is not falling man i'm doing good i have to say that this offseason is already not disappointing because it's been the same thing for the last couple of years with the, with the offseason, right? That it's like, oh, man, I can't wait for the offseason. And then nothing happens. Although I feel that since the pandemic uh, and especially with the tighter salary cap, the last two off seasons have been pretty 
they've been ramping up and now there's a lot of intrigue and action and surprise. And I mean, I think it's one of those things where you see the names uh, that I'm sure we'll get into and talk about today that were left that were not protected by by teams. And it kind of at first it's, it can be a little jarring and shocking. And then your brain starts putting all these scenarios together like, wow, like these are players that could be not only available to Seattle, but just the fact that their teams are kind of leaving them exposed means that maybe they even if they don't get taken that they could be on the move or not they might be coveted by other teams and they would be willing to to leave so yeah it's a it's pretty the last few days have been pretty wild it's been pretty cool uh obviously is a big i love stuff like this is this is the type of intrigue i live for so i'm i'm doing good i'm just enjoying just watching some of the the beat writers just tweet out the the next uh thing that shocks me and kind of has my takes me back a little bit you know yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think we should start off uh, talking about the events leading up to the exposure list. Obviously, a couple big tra- trades in the Rangers world. And I don't mean big as in, um, you know, players coming in. Or, or It's more big because of the meaning it had going into the expansion draft. Obviously, you had Brett Howden moving to Vegas uh, for a pick and a player. But I don't believe the player is actually going to sign with the Rangers. No. There's something to that, and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to explain in uh, much better words than I I could. And also, you know, the Rangers traded a seventh round pick to bring um, Boudreaux to uh, here, but he also isn't signed. Is he signed or is he not signed? Or he's something? a he's a pending uh, free agent, so the Rangers have his negotiating rights as of right now. Uh, okay, and is- so he could be exposed, which is he is so. Um- yeah, if they, you know, I mean, he'll, I believe that if he signs, well, here's the thing though, uh, it behooves the Rangers to not sign him right until after, you it know, kind of because almost it's like, protects him without being, protected. yeah, because it's, be, it's because it's basically, you know, and I, you know, you're not, I don't know if you're technically allowed to talk to the player during this roster freeze. I don't know, but you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. I assume things are being, uh, you know, disseminated to the player or the agent or whatever. But yeah, it's a lot of risk for him to get picked by Seattle because if he remains a free agent, he's just like, well, you know, then I can just uh, not sign with you guys. So who knows? And yeah, and again, I think he's a, I, I don't know if where he's from. I didn't, I didn't look up where Barkley Goudreau calls home, but I assume he's probably Canadian, right? Um, but regardless, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I don't know if he's like wants to be remain on a team that's closer to winning and going someplace unknown. Although he does have two cups now, right? Um, yeah, he's he's got two cups with the yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning. Tor- oh, he's 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 from Toronto. He's from Ontario. So, but yeah, but still. So uh, obviously, in terms of this move, good move for the Rangers. Obviously, to a get out from under Brett Howden. It 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 does does at least show me that. You know, because obviously there's been so much made about what what does this organization see in him or hope he's going to become, and the fact that if they were that invested in him, why did he never spend any some significant time in the AHL? Because yes, listen, I I, I have been very hard on Brett Howden <laughs> as long as this podcast is, has uh, existed, but at the same time, it's really not his fault that this team never said like you know what he needs to marinate that's they they failed the the team failed brett howden brett howden didn't fail this team you know at that age even if it was never in the cards even if he did end up going there uh going to the hl for a long stint and just either a never cracked the lineup or 
be eventually he did develop into a useful bottom six player but yeah the team failed him I don't think it was the other way around so and you know I even saw Vince trying to like say like listen uh obviously the team needed to move on from him but he has been the whipping you know listen it's sports fandom there's always going to be the whipping boy or whatever or you know I I don't even know if I should say that but like the you know there's always going to be the the redheaded stepchild that draws the ire of the fan base and whether it's warranted or not and that was definitely Brett Howden but uh just to get I mean not taking into account that he was a part of a a trade package in the McDonough deal which I'm not going to relitigate just because we know at this point maybe didn't turn out the way all parties hoped but it is what it is. Uh, I mean, if it's still a chance that Nils becomes a very uh, good player and that, that would help definitely help uh, salvage the value of the deal. But just the way things were going, the fa- if they can re-sign Goudreau to a reasonable contract, and I say that in with big asterisks, reasonable, uh, then this is a good this is good asset management by uh, Drury and a good move. But again... I just think that the the danger here is overvaluing a guy who just won, who, yes, he played an important part uh, in the bottom six for the Lightning and adds added some depth and some grit to them. But just, you know, sometimes teams around the league get to get enamored by these players and they're like, oh, these are these are the winners. These are the guys. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear that there's some teams might be prepared to offer him six years and he's already, you know, knocking on the door of 30 and I'm just like oh man like I don't know about that especially in my head he's not really more than a three million dollar a year player if that you know what I mean but it's like if the Rangers give him anything more than 3.5 for more than four or five years I'm gonna be very upset you know yeah no I totally agree with you and um you know the one thing I wanted to get back with the Howden situation is that now you see guys like Vince all trying to save face you know, they defended Howden, all like the beat writers and a lot of people on, on Twitter and stuff like that. They kind of all, you know, protected him and tried to shield him from the nonsense. And now you see them saving face being like, listen, we all know that it didn't work out and he, you know, didn't, you know, live up to, but he, he, he played the game the right way. He was a good person. It's like, we never were, his character was never being attacked. It was like literally because analytically he was he didn't put up anything on a statue it was just all zeros like there was just nothing to even like like you couldn't even build an argument off of anything because there was nothing to build off of and that's my problem is now that all these guys on twitter are now all you, you know saying well you know let's let it go because he was a good person and it's like no 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 one was ever attacking his character we were just attacking the, the play on the ice, and he stunk. He flat out stunk. And you know what? If he goes to Vegas and ends up scoring, being a 20-goal scorer, good for him. But you know what? He stunk as a Ranger, and that's how I'm going to always remember him. And it honestly, Vegas could be a great situation for him. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. And, and like you said, it, it's a like it or not, it's a uh, performance-based business, and especially when it comes to the fandom. It's, you know, it's what have you done for me lately, and – uh yeah again the character never questioning by all accounts he's a very very nice kid but yeah i mean unfortunately and like i said it might not even be his fault but it's just you know if you have i understand obviously the beat writers they talked it they talk to him in the locker room every day and they see how nice he is and so they might even have a little bit of a personal relationship which obviously yeah which makes it uh, i'm sure difficult or makes them want to stick up for the 
any perceived slight against the player or, or, you know, feel like, oh, this can definitely affect him and snowball. And yeah, but I mean, this is, listen, man, like, yes, we obviously have to try to be understanding of humans and the players, but at the same time, like I said, you know, this is sports and it's a performance-based business and his performance was uh, borderline non-existent. So yeah, Rangers do do well to get out under that contract. Yeah, well, and and honestly, it's like he might, maybe it would have, Maybe it would have been a better situation if he kind of didn't play the right way. Maybe if he kind of was like a little arrogant and whiny and stuff like that, maybe they would have sent him down to the AHL. He would have developed and he would have, you know, been able to, uh, you know, develop his uh, NHL game at the AHL level, which he clearly needed to do. So maybe being a good person, he didn't pay off for Howden this time. So, but, you know, best of luck in Vegas. Good luck. Good luck. Man, uh, as as we're talking about this, I'm seeing all this stuff about Strom pop up on my Twitter timeline, drawing a decent amount of trade interest, Ottawa among the teams uh, interested. Then I see other beat writers piggybacking on that absolutely in play if the Rangers bring in another center. So, you know, yeah, things are and that was the biggest thing is that honestly, as shocking as some of the trades we've or, you know, the trades leading up to the roster freeze and then the, the lists were. We've there's been even more rumors of like crazier moves that didn't end up getting finished, finalized or finished that might pick up later. So, yeah, man, the the, the rumors have been flying over the head like, you know, a hail of gunfire. So it's been pretty uh, it's been pretty crazy to watch um, yeah. and see play out. So, Andy, before we get into the Rangers list and, and kind sure. of the available players for the Kraken. Um, do you want to just talk uh, the the trade that we had, the Howden trade? We did bring in uh, a player, D. Simone, defenseman. Yeah, um, he's a like a twenty six year old career defenseman who, from what I understand, the only reason he was included is that to, in order to be roster compliant, uh, Vegas needed to shed a player. Apparently, so they shed him because he's he would you know he's a, he's an AHL fodder throw in basically. It was okay. just them just being like, yeah, we'll help you be roster compliant, whatever. And then he just doesn't have to sign with the Rangers. I think it was almost like a good or, uh, you know, kind of a good, uh, good faith type deal thing, you know, okay. just for the just for just for the flip to bring, um, you it's know, obviously, because it was like uh, with them and with Vegas are just like, yeah, he's going this way and we'll take whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, it's a really it's a, his is in his inclusion is much nothing more than like. Uh, just making sure everyone is compliant and it's just kind of like it literally it doesn't it's one of those things where it, it doesn't it doesn't affect the Rangers at all, except that it gets you good good helps build a stronger relationship with the with the other GMs, you know, Kelly McCrimmon or who, I, I can't even remember who Vegas's GM is right now. Is it Kelly McCrimmon? Uh, yes, Kelly McCrimmon. I think you are right. Let's I'm see. Awful, I'm awful with names. Yep. I don't even know how I remember that. But uh, yeah, I was right. Okay. Um, yeah. So like I said, it, not much there. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's it's definitely um, one of those things with, with that. you We are going to see a lot of mo- a lot more three way trades. I mean, um, you know, especially we saw it with uh, Philly with uh, at Nashville. Right. Wasn't that a three way trade with Ryan? Ellis? Yes. Yeah. And Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, Vegas getting get involved with everything, you know. Yeah, so, I mean the the window is open, so you know they feel like you know they need to make some moves to, to clearly uh, try to get that cup. So 
Um, let's get into. I'm just like looking at the list right now. Um, yeah. Let's get into the you know the Rangers protected list and kind of the. I, I won't call it a shock because I'm not really that shocked by it because now I kind of feel like there could be other things at play that that the fan base doesn't really know about and are are not looking towards the future. Obviously, um, the protected list, I'll read it off right now. Officially protected is Pavel Buchnevich, Philip Beadle, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Kevin Rooney, Ryan Strom, Mika Zibanejad, Lieber Hayek, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, and Alexander Georgiev. Um, so, Andy, are you shocked? No, nothing shocked me. I, I pretty much sensed once Howden was gone that it was one of uh, – you know, you had the sense that one of, uh, at a, you know, that there was that final, it was that final spot that ended up going to, to Rooney. I don't know if shock's the right word. Uh, it definitely surprised me. But at the same time, I think we knew that this organization is not as high on Julian Gauthier as the, the rest of, um, you know, obviously the fan base was based on they think that he had more, there's more there. But at the same time, it's not a given that he gets taken. I think, if anything, if you expose, let's say you exposed Julian Gauthier, is it, let's say, yeah, let's say this. Let's say you exposed Rooney and Julian Gauthier. I think very smart, like we just kind of talked about where uh, you, the Seattle is not only thinking about the here and now, they're thinking about the future. They most likely don't take Rooney, they take Gauthier. But Colin Blackwell, you need usable players and you need guys who can be leaders. And if you, let's say you expose uh, Blackwell and Gauthier together, Blackwell's probably more, almost a little bit more likely to get taken. He's a better player now, but he doesn't cost a lot. They could eventually flip. There's more likely to be able to flip him. He can be an, uh, a leader, you know, in the interim on that team. Uh he just wore an A at the World Championships over the summer for, well, it's summer now, but, you know, for, for Team USA. So, yeah, I mean, it might be a calculated risk that they're like, yes, we know Gauthier is intriguing, but uh, although then you could say, well, then why didn't they just put Rooney there? But I think also, I think if if the, if the uh, Chris Drury has his heart and his eyes set on kind of reforming that bottom six, I just think they look at, they might when we spoke about it on the last podcast that Blackwell's been great, but doesn't have a long history of success. And do you just see him a guy who just kind of who did the best he could in a good situation and had a good year and it happens, but sometimes it just it doesn't mean it's not any promise of future success. And I just think Rooney kind of is what he is, but he can just be a bottom you stick him on your bottom line and he kills penalties for you and he doesn't cost a lot and he puts up no literally no offense, but he doesn't really get scored on. It's not like he's literally he just keeps your team even, which is sometimes just more of a known quantity and like you said, won't cost a lot, especially if they're if they're looking to really try to weaponize their cap space and re and, and redesign the, the the makeup of their bottom six, you know, so in that sense, it kind of does make sense. So we'll see because eventually black, I, you had the feeling that even if they kept Blackwell, that at some point he was going to either, you know, let's say they he still kind of rides shotgun if, if Strom stays with the Rangers and Panera and he still gets that spot and he kind of gets his numbers goosed. You're going to have to pay him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, and is it really worth is it is is it worth it to pay that guy? considering on what, you know, that what you can get from maybe from some other players out there. So, yeah, there's a lot to consider, a lot to think about. I think obviously knee jerk, 
most and I'm guilty of this more than anyone is that most fans, they kind of knee jerk be like, what? Like, are they stupid or whatever? But at the same time, yeah, I don't know. There's no promises of what Gautier can become. Obviously, the package is tantalizing and he didn't get too much time, but he was a mixed bag and he was un, definitely undisciplined. It took dumb penalties, but then he would do stuff like Ryder that would be super tantalizing. You'd be like, if he could just do this more, you know, so. Yeah, he's a magic bean, uh, but we'll see. Like I said, you leave him uh, uh, and, you know, I maybe who knows? Maybe Seattle does say, you know, what, screw it. We're going to take D'Angelo even if we just flip him. We know he's cancer, but we're going to he's going to goose his points and then people are going to see he's playing for us and they're going to forget about all the the locker room stuff. And then we're going to we'll flip him for a higher pick, you know, so it's uh yeah, who knows? Maybe the Rangers will still end up with Gautier in their system after the expansion draft. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely shocked me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, here's my mindset. You know, at first I was just kind of like shaking my head, being a little confused. And you got to see what, you know, what's what's the theme at hand? Like what what's going on around the NHL that, you know, uh, teams are trying to build around. And I think the one thing right now is that I think there's a happy medium to say that NHL teams want to build around experience and but. They also want to be young enough for the players to be, you know, uh, you know, n- no huge contracts, but they don't want guys in their late thirties slowing them down. Like, and I really think that you'll see over the next like couple off seasons, teams kind of building around, you know, players around the age of 25 or so. And, and, you know, in my eyes right now, I think the Rangers are doing two things. Number one, they want NHL experience. They're a team full of young, young players that are going to grow into hopefully, you know, very good NHL players. And they lack a little NHL experience right now. So Rooney brings NHL experience. He plays center, which is, uh, you know, obviously our maybe our weakest point up front. And a- another thing he does is that so now he gives you the ability to trade Strom and not have to worry about bringing in another center right away. And, you know, I think depth wise, if Kevin Rooney is your fourth line center, that's a very good thing. Right now, Julian Gauthier is going to be fighting to just make that fourth line right winger. Like he's not automatically penciled in as our fourth line right winger right now. He's got to earn that spot. And, you know, I just think that exposing the GOAT, exposing Blackwell and protecting Rooney is a smart move because Seattle Kraken's going to be wanting to do the same thing. I really do think the the more I look at, you know, the the list of uh, players being exposed, I think a lot of teams are moving in a certain direction where they're like, you know what, I'm okay letting letting go of you know player X because he's going to make too much money. Um, I'd rather get a little bit younger. I can you know shed maybe this bad contract, and you know I, I can kind of build the team the way I want to build, and hopefully. You know, Seattle takes this, um, you know, wart off, off my roster. And I really do think that the Rangers are being smart here by protecting Kevin Rooney and be- knowing that Seattle probably would have taken Rooney for nothing. And now you're out a guy who's got a, a lot of NHL experience and can play the center position. I don't know if the Kraken are automatically going to select the go. I know we're high on them, but I don't know how many you know, fans and stuff and, 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 and people are really that high on a guy who's played a handful of games in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, again, I think players or excuse me, not players, but fans really do get hung up on, is this guy good or bad? And they don't really 
take into account, well, what is the circumstance about their, how are they used? What was their dynamic like behind the scenes? Were they asked to play a different role? Because some we've seen guys get a change of scenery and then all of a sudden they either unlock or, or utilize a better part of their game. But then maybe because they get better at doing one thing, another part of their game suffers. You know what I mean? It's just not, it's not the static thing. It's like you can be a, sometimes it's uh, how many times we see like really good, uh, uh, we have guys, you know, you have your Kevin Shattenkirks, which can be really useful guys in sheltered minutes. And that's where they're most valuable. They actually bring value to their team, but then you put them, if you, if you ask them to anchor a pairing, uh, you're in big trouble. It's just not, it's not the, it's not utilizing that player's strengths. You know what I mean? And it's t- difficult but to kind of suss out. But these are the things that just like, man, I can't believe they left this guy exposed. Like instead, or they protect this guy over this guy. And yeah, but it's not, it's not always as cut and dry as, as fans might think. So listen, that I, I'm not letting G I'm not letting some executives off the hook because teams do also make stupid decisions. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but listen, a lot of it is also hindsight. Like we could have told you this guy would have been, it's like, no, you didn't really know. Like, you know, we didn't really hear. I don't, people weren't going really that insane when, uh, you know, like when out uh, during for the Vegas expansion, when it's like they protected Jordan Greenway over Alex Tuck, no one was like up in arms, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden hindsight 2020, and was like, Oh, you know, they took the wrong guy or whatever. But, but who knows? Uh, maybe if you, if it was the other way around and Jordan Greenway would end up right where Alex Tuck is now. And Alex Tuck might be on that, uh, Minnesota team might be just a promising, but still not unlock his full potential yet. So it's it's, it's impossible I, to know. It's just everyone likes to be right in hindsight, you know. So can I interject real quick? Go ahead. Uh, this like kind of like to solidify my point. And uh, if you you know if you go to Cap Friendly, which is a you know great w- website, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be using it over the next few weeks. Um, uh, if you look at the Rangers depth chart, right, you have. And this is going to go, I'm going to go left wing, right wing for first line, second line, third line. You have Panarin, Buchnevich, Kreider, Kako, Lafreniere, Krasov. And right now they have it penciled in as uh, the GOAT, Rooney, and Blackwell being the fourth line. So right off the bat, I mean, you have, you know, those are the three guys that you had to choose from. Kevin Rooney, arguably is the most valuable there being the only one that plays center. I know Blackwell can play center, but you have a guy with any, the most NHL experience that plays center that it will, you know, that is very cheap. It's not like, you know, he, he signed to a large, a lot larger contract and, you know, it just makes sense that, you know, that's the guy that you protect over, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, the goat. So, I mean, that's all, uh, that's, all. and, and the Colin Blackwell, you know, he is 28 years old. You know, he's on the smaller side. I don't know what he's going to be able to do long term. I, I, I think it's a smart play by the Rangers. I really do. Yeah. And again, like I said, there's a chance that Blackwell just kind of gets selected for the reasons I mentioned. And then Gauthier's still in the in the mix. And Absolutely. he slowly kind of comes out of his shell and earns more trust. Or, you know, even if he's smart, if he thinks he's not going to get much playing time, he's like, well, he says, look, let me, you know, I've been in the HL. Let me go to the HL to show like how that I'm out, I can outclass that league or even develop on just being an all around go to, I'll do everything down there, not just be plat power winger. I'll like develop my defensive game. I'll do whatever you want, you know? Cause like I said, there's some, you know, he's what in his early twenties, but he's, you know, I, uh, he's probably what 23. I'm going to assume Julian Gauthier, right? Uh, yeah. He's 23 years old. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 he's getting, he's starting to get a little bit older, but he's still young. He's in his early twenties. And like I said, Colin Blackwell, 
doesn't see any meaningful NHL time till he's like his mid twenties, you know, or, or a little bit later. So yeah, I mean, sometimes you just bet on yourself and hope it works out, but, uh, we'll yeah, see now. And now we got Goudreau. So, you know, fill in that fourth line spot with him yeah. and, and there you go. You kind of round yeah. out or so. even third line. I think the, the beauty of a Goudreau. And again, I think is that he's a, you know, what, what do we know about him? He can play, uh, all three positions. You know, he, he's a good face off guy. His face off numbers are pretty solid. Um, he's clearly gritty. You know, we've seen him fight a few, few times. I think he was in the middle of that, that brawl with the Islanders, like where he, he like hit Sezikis and him and Matt Martin dropped the gloves. Uh, yeah, he's definitely feisty. He's definitely gritty. He's definitely a bigger, a little bit bigger body. Um, he, he's pretty, he's got a, that, I, I don't know if you can really call it the clutch gene, but if you remember, he scored that game seven OT winner for uh, San Jose when they beat, uh, they came from behind to, to beat uh, Vegas a couple years ago. Um, you remember they had that whole thing where they had a five minute major and they <laughs> scored like four goals, four goals to like take the lead. Uh, he eventually, I think scored the OT winner. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I just, he was a very good part of, uh, you know, that third line for Tampa. Although I think the, again, the danger is I think that he is a, a solid, just okay. Third liner playing with two guys that probably could have been on a lot of team second line. So you just have to take that into consideration and not overvalue what he does. Like he, what he does is valuable, but it's also something that's very easy where GMs like their eyes light up. Like this is the guy, he's a winner and I'm going to give him, you know, he's they're going to give him the bag as long. Like I said, as long as they can keep his, his, uh, his, you know, don't give him too much length or, you know, too much term or keep the AAV down. I'll be happy. But, uh, yeah, I'm just a little bit worried that the Rangers are going to end up giving him like, you know, more than three and a half for like more than uh, five years. And I'm going to be like, oh, man. But again, uh, to get that for literally not much for what a, a you know, what are the range, you know, uh, seventh rounder, seventh rounder, Brad how, you know, so whatever uh, works for me, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right. So let's kind of get into a little bit, you know, uh, now that we kind of know who's exposed, some of the bigger names that are exposed out there and kind of what the Kraken, you know, I want your take on, you know, given the players that are available to the Kraken, what are they going to look like? You know, what do you think they go for? And, you know, how is this all, you know, going to unfold, you know, with the rest of the off season with these players being exposed? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, like I said, it's def it's definitely, they have quite the balancing act they have to think about here. Cause obviously there are some pretty prominent names on that list and a lot of leadership experience, big name players, but they also have big, big uh, tickets owed to them. Right. Uh, some like carry price is exposed, but I just, I can't see that Seattle taking that contract. Same thing with, Ovechkin because you know he'll just be need a new contract to be like no nah, I'm gonna go back to the KHL I don't want to play anywhere else so but you know you have a disgruntled uh Gabriel Landeskog who can't who doesn't think he's getting the due respect from uh Colorado so he might be looking to move on anyway so uh you have Vladimir Tarasenko who doesn't trust St. Louis and thinks they bungled both of his surgeries and then he finally on his own got the surgery he needed so that much like the Eichel situation that that's a relationship that's soured and then you just have guys that are there's there seem to be some real good nuts and bolts uh players out you know good depth players you know yanni yanni gord is a is unfortunately for for uh tampa is a guy who 
yeah, he was, he's going to be worth more than they can give him. So they're going to have to let him go. Um, and I, I think he's a slam dunk for them to, for, to get picked, you know, by Seattle. But again, a lot of these guys are going to either a need new contracts soon B or approaching the wrong side of, uh, you know, getting a little, getting a little bit longer in the tooth. And yeah, sometimes you're, you're, you, you want to, bet on guys that have name recognition and that you think that they can do well in the change of scenery, and then you can flip them. Uh, you know, much like James Neal kind of coming into Vegas that year, he kind of revitalized his career a little bit. Uh, yeah. So there's options, but you, like you said, you, you're not just thinking about your first season and even your second season. You have to think what is, how is this team going to look if they can't get it done in the first two years, how are you going to look uh, four years from now? So there has to be a balancing act. And, Honestly, to me, I think the more interesting players are the the Julian Gauthiers and the Kiefer Bellows of the world that were left uh, unprotected. You know, I mean, I'm looking uh, the Los Angeles Kings protected Leah Sanderson and exposed Brennan Lemieux, <laughs> you know, so it's it's very interesting. So I think it's they're going to have to try to find it. I think if they're smart, they find a mix of guys that can blossom for them in the future eventually especially if they're going to, but they, you also, we've seen that it doesn't work when you have a bunch of promising good analytics players, but they, they can become a little bit of a rudderless ship. So you just need the, you need the balance and you need the, the, you know, the guys with the respect to set the examples and especially, listen, you have to sell tickets like it's, and having Mark Andre Fleury was good for Vegas because they didn't have a lot of other ticket stars. You can market them as your stars. Whereas it's like, like I said, you know, Gordon, Nino Niederreiter, like great, but at the same time, you're not putting it there. They don't, they're not the guys you put on the posters. Right. But if you have Gabe Landeskog as your captain, you know, that helps. So, um, it will be, I still don't know how Seattle's going to approach it. We'll see. I think once we see how it goes, we'll be able to, uh, assume a lot more about how they operate behind the scenes, whether there may be a little bit more inclined for you know towards uh, analytics and longevity or maybe they're looking more for you know what no we're gonna go for it kind of much like like vegas immediately started you know because now with cody glass getting flipped for nolan patrick they've traded away their three mm-hmm. first rounders you know from picks so clearly not a very good drafting team the vegas golden knights but they are good right now and they've done some good trades so we'll see so you know i i don't know if you know some of the rules here um obviously i think the Seattle Kraken have to take a minimum of a certain amount of forward, certain amount of D and a certain amount of goaltending. Um, when, you know, when this draft happens, I, it's happening on Wednesday at 8, 8 p.m. on ESPN. How do they do? Because uh, I don't remember watching the Vegas. I don't remember the Vegas one. I feel like we were at work or something or I was at work. And like I, then I saw the list like after it happened. Is this going to go like in alphabetical order through the teams? Like and and they just like hold up a card of who they select. Like I mean, how does this look? I'm, like, what does this tr- I'm trying look like? to think because if I remember correctly, didn't all the Vegas players come out on stage during the expansion draft? Oh, God, I don't right. even remember. That. Am I, I making that up? I, I mean, it could have been like after they did that. I I feel like that's quite crazy. No, now I, I yeah, there's pic- there's there's pictures. Hmm. I mean, I'm look. I'm looking online now. There seems to be pictures of of guys, and I don't know if there was only a flurry and a few others. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I may. Mean, I do assume they go one by one. They try to at least draw it out to at least a twenty minute to thirty minute show, right? Um, and maybe one by one, Kelly 
not come or, you know, whoever uh, Ron Francis will come out and say, like, you know, from the Arizona Coyotes, you know, we proudly select whatever and just go, like you say, go down order. Maybe they'll show a little package for each player with stats. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would imagine that's how it goes, but I, I like, I don't know I why do. the Vegas one, I just draw a complete blank. It was like, for me, I remember just reading a list on my phone and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like, yeah, that's what they did for the last one. And they did have a couple of, of the players come out on stage, not all of them. So, but like the, the key, like Shea Theodore flurry and a few other guys were there. So, um, so yeah, I, the, I, obviously I think these players know in advance and they arrange to have them there, but I mean, we'll see, obviously it's going to be virtual much like yeah. as will the draft be. So I don't know if that actually, it, it might, the format might be a little different, but I think it's just literally going to be Ron Francis going one by one who knows. And because it's owned by Michael Bay, maybe Johnny Depp makes a pick, <laughs> you know, maybe as we we saw Alex Trebek, you know, uh, you know, rest in peace. Alex, uh, right before he passed away for the draft for Ottawa, chose Tim Stutzla for them. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll have fun with it. But I think I assume that's what it's going to be is just going one by team by team and just announcing the pick. And maybe it'll be like a quick little highlight package. And, you know, maybe you'll have like to make our next pick. It'll be this person. So if they can do that, it'd be fun. And again, Michael Bay, I assume he's, he could call on plenty of favors. Right. So that would be fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it'll definitely be interesting. And, uh, you know, it's just uh it's because having like two back-to-back like expansion drafts and obviously um you know the rangers weren't really weren't affected by the first one uh, and uh, god i uh, honestly forget who they even took i remember he was swedish um who did vegas take from the rangers uh oscar Lindbergh. oscar Lindbergh, yes and you know obviously i i kind of liked him as a ranger but he was at the end of the day kind of irrelevant you know this draft is a little bit different obviously there's some players that you know i really want to keep you know young players that could potential potentially turn out to be uh, extremely good for the rangers especially in terms of depth and size of, of the goat and and i don't want him to be taken um so there's a little bit more intrigue with this you know, overall, though, watching like Seattle and, you know, Ron Francis is now, uh, I guess, putting together his roster. Do you think that um, do you think that Seattle is going to be on the move with certain trades, like with certain teams to not take a player? Because I know, you know, teams offered up draft picks in order for a player not to be selected. Right. That's legal. Right. Sorry, say that one more time. Like um, teams being uh, servicing up a uh, or giving up a draft pick in order not to select a player. That's like allowed, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. You make these deals to like. It's not it's not what you say happens, but it's what happens. If you, you know, if you either draft considerations or you just say it's it just it just gets viewed as like, oh, they traded, you know, a picks for, oh, you know, future considerations or draft or whatever. And that even if it if you have to attach like a seventh round pick to make it a little bit more a fish, but at the same time, it's like it's really it's like do not take this person. We will give you this player or this pick. So, do you yeah. think that happens? You think that's going to happen? I, so, a lot of the beat writers say that's going to happen less because teams are are almost like on top of uh, making the wrong choice. As I think that's why we've seen so many shocking names require because it's not like. 
because during the Vegas expansion, it wasn't really a lot of these names. You were like, wow, 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 wow. You know, it was just more of like a lot of side deals that ended up kind of making teams look bad in hindsight, like they bet on the wrong horses. But I think this time teams are like, listen, it hurts to kind of maybe lose this person, but they are also have pitfalls of their own, whether how much they're going to get paid. And you can sell that to your fan base. You can say, look, this is a player that's getting older or this is a player that is going to want too much salary, especially with the salary cap being static for the next couple of years that we just couldn't. Yeah, it just uh, we couldn't afford. Hence why Landeskog is walking, (laughs) apparently. So, uh, yeah, I I don't think you'll see that as much. I think that's what uh, insiders and beat writers seem to be intimating on Twitter that uh, you're just teams are wary of that because a lot of like I said, a lot of teams, not only did they bet on the wrong guys, they gave up picks and guys that were ended up being even better. So I don't think they want to look stupid like that. So apparently that's something that's not going to happen as much. I think you're just going to see the names exposed that kind of hurt to expose, but it is what it is. You know, the Rangers expose uh, Julian Gauthier, who might have some promise or like I said, the Islanders expose a Kiefer Bellows who could be a, a good goal scorer if they ever put everything together. Um, and down the list, you know, Landis Gog or Carey Price, they're like, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's hard. They just think like, hopefully they don't take our carry just because after he just kind of brought us pretty far and to a cup final run, but he is also older and maybe that'll scare away. It's calcu- a lot of calculated risks seem to be taken as opposed to just giving up assets on top of that, you know? I think it's like almost smart though, right? Like why put, I put out carry Price. Even yeah, if you like was a little bit younger, I'd still put him out there just to be like, listen, you're the new guy in town. There's no way you're taking Carey Price. Like just so you can protect someone else. Yeah. Like there's no way Seattle is going to be taking guys that would piss off the other team. Like I just feel like it's it's not. It's a club at the end of the day. The GMs kind of know who to take and who to not take like going, you know, prior to all these lists being created, you know, an official list being created. Like there was just no way the Kraken are going to be select Carey Price. I just don't see it. Um, you know the and I got another you know Rangers question for you because the more I think about it, the more I convince myself and and uh, I don't know why I'm convinced of this, but why do I feel in my heart of heart that the Seattle Kraken are are going to take either Batetto or Kincaid? Um, I mean Maybe. I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> I I feel like the gold of the goaltenders available. I think they're a better goaltender. I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? I, I may, Kincaid maybe is the backup, but I don't think there's a chance that Potato gets selected. Uh, okay. Not a chance. But Kincaid maybe. I just think Blackwell takes makes too much sense for them because he, again he's a guy that also he's a guy you could flip on top of every, like the, the like you spoke about like the guy who knows what knows what he's doing and has the experience he's he's someone you can even if you're like he's not our long long term plans but he's better than the names currently mentioned and he has if he gets off to a good start this year we could flip him at the deadline and get like a second for him you know so yeah i don't know i just potato he's older you're not going to get much for him uh you could pro- like you said even if you could it's just i think from an asset wise he is the least valuable for them to select uh Kincaid's interesting because I think there's been a lot of speculation about what the goal goalies they will take um uh you know I haven't looked too deep into it but you know there are some good ones out there that are definitely better than Kincaid or at least more promising but 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Potato gets selected. But I could, I could honestly, I wouldn't be all that shocked if Kincaid did get selected. So, but again, we'll see. I don't really know what what they're thinking in in Vegas, or if they if they think they're going to try to replicate the lightning in the bottle that uh, Vegas were kind of able to capture, or if they're just going to say no, we're just going to find a good balance. And even if that makes us a worse team on paper up at first, it ultimately we can. It puts us in a good position to make other moves and build a little bit more organically. But again, I, I don't I don't really know. I'm not I, I'm not privy to those conversations. All right. So I have another question for you, Andy, because now like I'm really ingesting all of this. And now that the, the list officially came out like a couple hours ago, it's, it's you know, when things are official, then that, that's where my wheels start to turn. I think our third line might be a little soft. And I, I'm a little worried about it right now. I'm looking at our depth chart. We have, you know, Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kraftsoff as our third line. I, you know, I, I feel like Lafreniere needs to be like a first or second line guy. So maybe not Chris Kreider down. But then Chris Kreider becomes an expensive third line player. Do you think Ryan Strom gets traded for a center that is a little bit more heavier? You know, if that's if the Rangers plan to keep Filipino around, do you think he, I'll say this? I think the problem is down the middle. So you have Heedle and Strom as our two C and three C right now. Do you think one of those players are traded? You know, obviously before you know training camp. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, the second this was over, Strom's name started popping up everywhere by some uh, by insiders. I think Andy Strickland mostly saying that Ottawa was sniffing around on him um, and that he had other, and that wasn't just a, one place among others. So it does seem like they are going to flip Strom. So, I mean, and here, here's the thing. Strom and Panarin have been the, you know, the, they've had their chemistry and their duo, but the team is like, listen, it's all offense hasn't really served this team that well. So we need to, yeah, we just need to find a balance and be deeper, you know? So they, flip Strom for whatever they're and maybe that they say if we're flipping Strom well guess what and and uh Panarin's like well Strom's gone well I want to play with Mika that's fine then maybe you have your first maybe uh Panarin Mika and then you know whoever wants to flank them on the right can hell and maybe they say screw and they try if Buchnevich we feel like might also get traded this summer so let's say Buchnevich just get traded for maybe a little bit more uh punch down the middle, he's part of that, and Strom gets traded for maybe a similarly useful yet maybe more just a, a bottom six piece. Now all of a sudden it's like you have uh, you put Kreider's making a lot of money, but you put him on his right side and you put him on his off wing, and then you have Panarin, uh, Mika Kreider, and then you have Lafreniere, your second line center who you traded for Kako. Uh, whether that's Heedle's playing there or he, then now Heedle's your third line center and you have Heedle and you put Goudreau on his left uh, and then you put Kravtsov on his right and then you now you've your fourth line is some combination of Morgan Barron, Rooney and whatever ever, you know other bottom six pieces you might get and you do a goat, little Goat or Blackwell, yeah. Yeah, Goat or Blackwell, Blackwell if he doesn't get selected or hell, like you said, even if you did trade for another like high te- up-tempo fourth liner or something because uh, yeah like I said a lot of guys are being exposed um, so uh, this is my final question sure. I'm glad go. you kind of you said that because you were going to kind of go into that yeah now out of, out of some of these players that you know all people are drooling at like for Seattle to select from some of these teams like 
you know, Tarasenko and then do you can you see some of those players not getting taken and then maybe end up being involved in a, a trade? You know, if you are if you're the Rangers GM, if you're Chris Drury, are there any players out there that have been exposed, like maybe even a Landeskog, like a player like that, that the Rangers are like, you know what? He's unhappy where he's playing. He's getting exposed. You know, the Kraken might want to stay away from him only because, you know, of X, Y, and Z, but he could be a good fit here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely do. I mean, I think there, like I said, there's a lot of players that teams like them, but they just like, we like you. We just can't afford you. We're, we're up against it, but the Rangers have a little bit more room as it stands today, especially because they have these, all these players on ELCs. And even if they're like, we can only maybe afford them for one or two seasons, but that's until our, you know, our Brett Berards and our Morgan Barons and our, you know, whatever, our, our Vitaly Kraftsoffs, like they eventually cement themselves into those spots. But for right now, you know, uh, it's like the Capitals can't afford Carl Hagelin. Hagelin's clearly not what he once was, but if you stick him on the fourth line, he can PK and he still has some, uh, still has some of his speed and, you know, that type of stuff. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know, especially, um, it's, it'll be interesting because I think with the Rangers there, it's like, there's a simultaneous, like intimating that they want to make a blockbuster ish type move or a move that really changes. Uh, you know, there were some crazy rumors going around yesterday. I saw one that was like Buchnevich for Horvat one for one and all this other, you know, other things oh, that were never confirmed and all this other crazy stuff or, or you know, Dylan Larkin's name has been kicked around. Uh, and there seems to be the, the thought that the Rangers would have to trade, you know, crafts off and nils and a pick to get them or something. Uh, but again, so there's a lot of, but there's also like, we've heard a lot that, and especially by, by seeing the Goudreau move that, yeah, they clearly want to redo their bottom six. So yeah, the Rangers are simultaneously looking to do a lot. And also we heard that maybe they would want to get a veteran on their back end just to kind of who wouldn't cost too much, but could insulate and kind of teach the younger guys going forward. Cause you know, not everyone has Adam Fox's natural brain. Some guys just need to be coached. K Andre might have to be coached into it. You know, Nils might have to, if he comes up and sticks with the club that didn't show him the, or even insulate him a little bit. Like, don't worry, kid. Like, you know, even if you're better than me overall in terms of talent, like I'm more confident than you. And I, I walk the walk bigger than you do. So just stick with, you know, that type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the Rangers are looking to do a lot, and I think they are going to do a lot. I think it's going to be, I don't know if the, the Eichel blockbuster move ever gets done, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do a collections of moves that you're like, oh, okay, okay. And then you look at the roster as it at the, the time they were out of the playoffs uh, last season when the season ended, and you look at training camp and you're like, oh, wow. Like they, they just, they moved on from some guys and they flipped guys here and there, but ultimately they look like a, a stronger team on paper, if that makes any sense. No, it absolutely does. And, you know, I, I'm just excited. I, you know, the wheels are turning right now. And you just obviously being on Twitter where, where the news kind of breaks early, the, the you know, full of rumors and, 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 you know, you touched on it before with trades that, you know, were uh, being spoken about and, and just never, never came, you know, in, uh, you know, never came to be. So, uh, I, I don't really have anything else for you, Andy. It's just now it's kind of like a waiting game. Uh, Wednesday is, you know, is the day. So we'll have all, you know, our answers, uh, you know, uh, we'll have all our answers then. But until then, we kind of have to sit and wait and 
Obviously, there can't be any trades or signings right now. Everything is kind of on a freeze, but I'm sure there's a lot of lot of talking. I uh, I don't know how much talking can be had, but I'm sure you know uh, everyone's in their war room, just kind of preparing for you know the chaos that's gonna uh, pay you know the chaos that's gonna you know follow this expansion draft. So, uh, what any final thoughts as we kind of wrap things up here? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, this has been a lot of fun. The last few days has been a really fascinating offseason. It seems just that as every hour, there's like a new little interesting tidbit kind of leaks out. And, uh, you know, don't forget that uh, right after, you know, we have Wednesday, you have the expansion draft, and then a scant few days later is the actual draft. So the Rangers have the 15th pick. Yep. Does it do they make it to that day with that pick? Or even if... um. You know, even if they get up to that, does it get traded on the day as part of a bigger deal? Yeah, who knows? It, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, you know, I think the the wisdom has been that it's most likely the Rangers, unless a deal doesn't come together and they're forced to pick, that they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna trade that pick away. So there's apparently a lot of deals in the the oven that we haven't even heard about that before the roster freeze that they were working on that might get resumed. So who knows? Uh, they teams will still be talking behind closed doors and all this other stuff, but. Yeah, uh, there's still a lot going on, so it'll be fascinating to see what leaks out, and especially if maybe they can, now we have some of the names, they can reach out to the players and kind of psychoanalyze what their feelings are, especially your, like I said, your Landis Gogs and your uh, Tarasenkos and your, hell, you know, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this a player doing a solid for the team, or is this a player who's just like, you know, it doesn't feel they're getting the respect they deserve, so there's a lot of moving parts to all this, so it's uh, the next few days leading up is going to be even more fascinating because you're it now is the speculation and the rumor mill starts up so it'll be a lot of fun and it gives us plenty to talk about because and trust me especially with the rangers not making the playoffs this year it's been we've been hard pressed for hard uh, rangers related uh, tidbits so exciting time looking forward uh to the expansion draft just trying to think in my head what we can call this episode as it drops but i think we're going to call it aggressive expansion thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from.